Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Um, Can I tell you, studying the word of God on these terms has been very powerful for me personally because um, the word of God, I, I know in my heart, has final authority. But in the book of Proverbs, it comes in the form of advice. In the book of Proverbs, God is actually offering us counsel and saying, look, there's a lot of ways that you can live your life, but if you live it this way, then I will really, really bless you. How many want to be really, really blessed by the living God? Amen. And so let's go through this very quickly. Uh, While you're turning to Proverbs chapter 3, if we put our faith in God's advice, then God will channel his power to bring about our blessings. God will channel his power to bring about our blessings. And today, God is going to be giving us advice about uh, our finances. Everyone say, yay. A topic that we love to talk about is money. Yes, God is going to give us advice. Now, it's interesting. We did a little bit of research, and just recently, someone paid at an auction $2.7 million this past year to have dinner with Warren Buffett. That's an expensive dinner. Okay? And I uh, also discovered that Tony Robbins charges $10,000 for one of his financial and business advice conferences. According to Forbes, 90% of people are concerned about their long-term financial future and retirement, but only 52% get any financial advice. Only 24% of millennials demonstrate basic financial literacy. You know what's amazing? God gives us financial advice for free. For free. And you know, in the Bible, listen to this, the Bible has more verses about money than faith and prayer combined. 15% of Jesus' words, more than any other topic, were about money. And so... So people tend to have very poor understanding of what the Bible says about money and how much God promises to us in regards to money, okay? And so the title of today's message is If Plus Then Equals Overflow. Everyone say overflow. Amen. Overflow. God gives us advice in regards to our income, our wealth, and our resources. And he says if we'll take his advice, we will experience overflow. We will experience overflow. And so here's what I want you to do. And I want to just get this out of the way. Okay? So I grew up in in uh, Brooklyn, and when I was growing up, there were not, there, everybody was running a con. <laughs> so you had to watch your back all the time. 
In fact, I still have like this thing inside of me when I'm walking. If a neighborhood feels a certain way, I have a radar, it just turns on. I'm like looking around. It's never gone away. It doesn't matter. Hey, nobody locks their doors here. We lock our door. <laughs> I'm that kind of guy. You know what I mean? And um, because, but, and, and when I got saved, you know, when I got saved, it, it's my, my, my meeting God was so powerful, and yet I looked on TV, and I saw some, some TV preachers, not all of them, but I did. I saw some TV preachers, and I said, you know what, I don't know about, a lot about the Bible, but that's a con artist. Okay? So I'm just, I just want to get out of the way. A lot of people can use the Word of God for manipulation. Okay? But if you read the Bible, you don't have to be manipulated. Just read it, guys. You know what I'm saying? Learn it. Learn it for yourself. That's what we teach you. This is not the Al Toledo show. This is the Word of God. How many would say amen? So read it. Learn it because the Word of God is always good. And so take this from a God's, the, the word of God is so powerful. It gives you counsel on all things, your marriage, child raising. Uh, I mean, literally everything, it speaks to everything. The principles are so powerful. Read it, learn it, take it in and follow God's advice. How many would say amen? <laughs> so this is very, very important for us to to understand. So let's look at what Proverbs chapter 3 says today, the verse of the day. I've got it in two different uh, translations. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. In the ESV, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits, everyone say first fruits, first fruits of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Now, wine is a symbol of joy. Wine is a symbol of blessing. And what this is, not everyone in the Bible grew grapes. So this is very symbolic in nature, okay? When they were talking about uh, uh, virtually everyone did farm, but not everyone grew grapes. What this is talking about is an overall overflow in a person's life. So here's the equation today. The equation is if we honor God with our income, with our wealth, Okay, then God will channel his power to create everyone overflow. Plain and simple. This is a plain and simple basic equation. If we honor God with our income, then God says, God promises that he will channel his power to create an overflow in our lives. Here's what overflow means. We're gonna pray in a moment, but overflow means more than you currently have or need to flow or run over a limit. Okay, so, so if this was overflowing, there would be a spill here. Okay, so God says, if 
You will put your faith in his advice and honor him with your finances, okay, then he will channel his power so that when it comes to resources, this will be spilling over. Your cup will run over. This is what the word of God is saying. And I wanna, I wanna pray, but, but I want you to think about this. I want you to imagine a world where you were living, you as an individual, we're living in the overflow of God. What would that be like? And then I want you to think about a world where collectively we were living in the overflow of God. I want you to think about that. What could we do collectively if everyone in this room was actually living with more than they need. If the overflow of God was really impacting your life, what could you do for God? What could, how could you impact the kingdom of God? So think about it this way. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And you know what I believe? I believe that the children of this community are our children and they're the Lord's children. Okay? And here's what I believe. I believe our overflow should impact our community from the cradle to college. In other words, if we had the overflow, this is all over the Bible, I'm going to prove it to you today, but before we pray, if there was real overflow in this collection of people right here and in all of our services, and we were using our overflow correctly the way the Bible says that we should, do you realize the kind of impact? Here's what Jesus swept over. He swept over the people because they were like sheep without shepherds. We're supposed to be the shepherds of this community. But listen, sheep follow shepherds because the shepherds feed them and care for them and watch over them. And we're supposed to be the lighthouse, the guardians of this community. Could somebody say amen? But you know what it takes, right? It takes overflow. Because you can't give sheep food if you don't have any. You see? And so you know why the world follows so many different people? Because they're looking for someone to feed them. And we should be the source of nourishment. We are called to be the, the place, the, the place of rest, the house of healing, the house of hope, the house of help is the house of God, the people of God. Would somebody please say amen with me today? But you know how that happens? Overflow. So I want to pray right now. I want to pray that we would all engage. And as you pray, pray for yourself, but pray for this service, pray for the next service, pray for the service after that. You know, I was just in a meeting where, where there's a petition going on to corporations for more support for Chicago, all of that is good. But the more I've studied this, the more I've, I've been thinking to myself, Lord Jesus, just pour out your overflow on the body of Christ and we won't have to ask anyone for anything. But we need a revival. That's why all of these songs about the Holy Spirit today were perfect. We didn't plan this.
but man, they're perfect because I believe only the Holy Spirit can give true overflow. So let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, you said in your word that we should say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Glory to your name, O God. And Lord, we pray also, let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's no shortage in heaven, oh God. God, would you bring the overflow of heaven to the earth, oh God. Bring it upon your people and let it flow through your people to all the people that are in need. Bless this word. Bless our hearts. Our minds give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. amen and amen. You know why God talks about money so much? It's because there's a powerful relationship between our spiritual condition and our attitude and actions concerning money. Very powerful. Okay, no matter how you slice it, there's our, our spirit. The Bible says from the abundance of the heart, the, the mouth speaks. And so what is really in our hearts regarding money, it comes out of us in what we say and how we live in the choices that we make. And so here God is saying, honor me with your money. All right, and it gives, there are three facets, basic general facets of honoring the Lord with our wealth, and I want to explain them. And, and here's one of the things I'm praying. I'm praying that not only that we would learn, but that we would learn how to think and feel. Everyone say think and feel. Okay, that we would learn how to think and feel about money, about our paycheck, about the food that sits in front of us, Okay, about the provision that, that we have, you know, about, about the ability to be able to buy something that we want. There's a way that we should think and feel about every moment of the provision of God. So let's get right into it. First of all, the first way we honor God when it comes to our wealth is we honor God for his provision. It says, honor the Lord. Amen. Honor the Lord. Honor, honor God with your wealth. And the, the, the intimation, the implication is that we're honoring God for his provision. In other words, it begins with a sense of gratitude for God that we're saying, God, I, in my heart of hearts, I see you as the one who blesses me. Here's what honor, here's what honor basically means. Honor begins in the heart and flows from our faith. And it is sincerely attributing the provision of God to God. All right? It is sincerely attributing the provision of God to God. It's sincerely attributing the credit for what you and I have to God, to, to our income. Now, in the, in the days of the Bible, this was straightforward. 
And here's why it was straightforward. It was straightforward because no matter, uh, a farm, farm work is back-breaking work. It's back-breaking. I mean, you, I played ball with a guy who was in college. In college, I played ball with a guy, and he was a farmer. And let me tell you something. I used to say, dude, don't touch me. You know why? He was so strong. He would just grab me by the arm. I mean, I was in shape. I was like 220 strong. He would grab me by the arm. I'd be like, oh, snap. <laughs> Uncle. <laughs> this dude had hands like a, like a machine. You know why? Farm work. You know, farm work is backbreaking work. But here's what every farmer understood. Every farmer understood that no matter how hard you work, they had to look to the heavens for the increase. You understand? So for them, just because you put the seed in the ground at the right time, just because you farmed, just because you did all of those things, that didn't necessarily mean that you would be blessed. It's, it reminds me of this, this painting that I've called up. I love this painting. This is called The Angelus. This is some, I actually have it now. And uh, I have this hung up, and it, this is so powerful because this was, look, for thousands of years, this is a revelation of the simplicity and the basics of life. Yes, we work, but we have to bow our heads and say, God, if you don't bless me, nothing will happen. And God, when you do, I give you all the credit, oh God. I give you all the credit. Who do you give the credit for? When you get that paycheck every week or every month or however you get, who do you give the credit for? When you eat the meal, who do you give the credit for? When you get the new sneakers or the new sweater or the new whatever or the new app, who do you give the credit for? Jesus deserves all the credit from beginning to end. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, take my advice. Give God the credit. And look at what the Bible says. The Bible says, this is a very fundamental principle. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Okay, and so here's, here's what this means. Look, our hearts and our treasure go together. So who's your treasure? You know, I, um, I left my wallet in, in the office. And um, I, I gotta bring it out for next service. I usually leave it in there because then it has a mix of, forget it, let's just keep going. <laughs> so, um, but here's the thing, all right? I want to ask you a question today. Who is your treasure? Is your treasure a who or is it a what? Should be a who. Every time we get a paycheck, hallelujah, Jesus. Every time we eat a meal, we bow our hearts. I don't care where it is. I don't care from the White House to the halls of the rich and famous. If people, other people don't want to acknowledge God, I'm telling you right now, we bow our heads, even if it's for one moment and say, thank you, thank you, thank you for this, for this food, oh God, for this plate of food. Thank you, God. And God, you are my treasure, you see. And you're the one who blesses and takes care of me. 
And so remember, remember, do you treasure, do you treasure things more than you treasure God? Do you treasure people, other people more than you treasure God? No, Jesus is the, is the greatest treasure. How many would say amen? amen? You see? And so when it comes, when it comes to honoring God, it begins by your heart. Plain and simple. It's your heart. Remember, God's not broke. He's not broke, but your heart should say, thank you, thank you. That's why to me, lifting our hands to God should be the easiest thing. You know, lifting our hands and thanking him. You know, when my grandchildren are on all the time, they go like this, right? They're always going like this, you know? How I many know we're all in the, between us and God, that distance? How I many know we're just little babies going, Jesus, I need you for everything, for every breath, for everything. You see, we should be incredibly, we should be shouting our heads off, screaming our heads up, whatever. And so, very, very important. Look at what Billy Graham said about this particular issue. He said, there's nothing wrong with men possessing riches. The wrong comes when riches possess men. And this is the issue of who or what is your treasure. When this gets right, everything about your finances change. You see? When God really becomes your treasure, when you really see him as your source, when you really start to give him that, that credit. And let me, let, let me just play, flesh this out. And I gotta, I gotta move on past this, but look. Look, there's, there's a young professional right here probably. Okay, Let's, there's a, a young professional. Two, take two young men or two, two young women, professionals, right? And um, one person will honor God with their resources. Another person will amass resources, but not honor God. Okay? I've watched this. You know, I've watched this. I, I, I've been at this a little while now. And I'm telling you, just because people have a lot of money, that doesn't mean that they're blessed. On the contrary, I've even seen young business people right in the body of Christ. Now, I, wanna, I need to pause here and, I, and, and say this to you. Okay, I have never looked at the tithing records of this church or any other church I've been at. So I don't know what you give. I have no clue. Somebody else has that responsibility. I don't. And, and they will tell you, I don't look at that. I'm not interested in that. You understand? All right, and I, in the same way, I don't have a little drone following you around and saying, oh, are you good? Did you say grace? Did you, did you not say that bad word? Did you behave? I don't have a drone following you. You understand? So what am I gonna check how much you give? I don't, that's not the way this thing goes. I'm not talking about any of that. But I'm telling you right now, over the years, when you, when you dissect the, 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 the outcomes of people's lives, how people get to places, you hear people. And you, you, do you know how many stories I've heard? And I'm telling you right now, you could be right now, you could be 26 years old, 27 years old, and you're making bank. You got a great job. You got a great education, however you got there. One of you will honor God with your resources. Another person won't. Let me tell you, in the end, it looks very, very different. Looks very different. 
Because blessing and success are as far as the east is from the west. You understand? I'm talking about the blessing of God, the overflow of God. And so it is very, very important for you to understand that giving is a heart issue. It is a treasure issue. It's a treasure issue. You know, and we need to thank God for little and much. All right, second thing that this teaches us is we not only honor God for his provision, but we honor God with his provision. Everyone say with his provision. So we've established that it's all his provision. We work, but God even gives us the energy to work. The strength and the capacity. The Bible says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Now we're gonna get into a basic hardcore teaching of the Bible when it comes to our finances and our increase. When the Bible says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything that you produce, they understood very clearly what that meant. You saw in the ESV, it says, instead of best, it says first fruits. Everyone say first fruits. Okay, remember, this was uh, an agricultural society. And so God laid out for them how it was to, when you live by faith, how it is that you honor the Lord. Well, part of it is your first fruits, okay? This goes all the way from the beginning of the Bible. I'm gonna, I wanna give you a quick string of verses uh, in regards to uh, this uh, particular issue. We're gonna introduce a word in a moment, and it says, look, this is a New Testament text talking about faith, talking about the father of faith, talking about one who came before the law was established. Abraham was before the law, before the rules and re regulations. Giving is an issue of faith, so watch this. This Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God Most High. He met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him, and Abraham gave him a tenth. Everyone say tenth. That's a tithe. Okay, a tenth of everything. Now, first, the name of Melchizedek means king of righteousness. Then also, king of Salem means king of peace. Just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. Now, here's the story very quickly. Okay, Abraham went out to fight a battle. And Abraham won the battle, and when he came back from the battle, there were two kings that he met. One was Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of Most High God. If you, if you, we don't have time for this, but this was a type of Christ in the Old Testament. This is building the argument that Jesus was a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. We don't have time to get into all of that, but this was a type of Christ. This person in the Old Testament was a, was a Christ figure, a type of Christ, may have been an incarnation of Christ. We won't get into all of the, the details of it. But the bottom line is this. When Abraham won the battle, he comes and he meets the king of Salem. 
the king of peace, and here's what he does. First thing he does is he beats these armies, he takes all the plunder, all the increase, and he brings it, and the first thing he does is he goes through and he takes the 10% of the best, and he says, here, this is for you. This is for you. You know why? Because Abraham was saying, in my heart, I knew I was swinging a sword, but it wasn't me. It was actually you. You were helping me. When they swung the sword, you made sure they missed me. How many are thankful when, when the enemy misses? You understand? So this was before the rules and regulations began. But then in Leviticus, look at what the Bible says. A tithe of a few things. No, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So since if you really believe that God is your provider, the Bible teaches that the tithe belongs to him. Putting your faith in God means that you actually acknowledge God's provision in your life to the point that you actually tithe. You see, that you actually give to the Lord and you give to the Lord because you're saying it's all from you. And so I'm giving you right off the top, the first, the tithe is not the last gift to God. The tithe is actually the first gift. It's the first fruits. I know people getting a little tight in their chest. I, I feel it. <laughs> Just look at what the Bible says. Let's keep going here. Look, Malachi goes on to say, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not overthrow, not throw open the floodgates of heaven where there's no lack and pour out so much blessing that there will be, there will not be enough room, uh, room enough to store it. In other words, God says, put me to the test and watch the overflow come down to your life. How many would say amen? <laughs> Further on, he also says, I will rebuke the devourer. I'll fight against the things that fight against you to take away your resources. That's what he's saying. But the Bible says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. In Matthew 23, Jesus himself spoke about tithing. He says, woe to you teachers of the law, you hypocrites. You give a tenth, a tithe, of your spices. And the intimation is of even your spices. Okay? You guys are so legalistic that you not only give a tithe of everything, but you tithe on mint and dill and cumin, right? But you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And then here's what he says. He says, you should have practiced the latter. Jesus says we should practice tithing. Okay? I know some people, thank you for the supportive amen. Some people like, <laughs> look, without neglecting the former. This is all over the Bible. The Bible speaks very clearly about people giving a tenth to God. You know, now when I first heard this, I thought, oh, con, not con. Okay, this is true blue Bible. 
And the thing is this, we trust God in all of these different areas, and then when it comes to our finances, we feel like we don't have to trust God, but I'm gonna tell you, we should trust God. And we should honor God, not just for his provision, but with his provision. Everyone say, with his provision. Now listen to this. Listen to this. Most Christians believe, this is a study that Lifeway did. Most Christians believe that tithing uh, can be done to anything or to anybody. But the Bible, go back one slide. The Bible says that the tithe belongs to the Lord. How do you think and feel about your money? The way you should think and feel about your money is that 10% of it belongs to God right off the top. Right off the top. That's the way you should think and feel about your money. Okay? And when you think and feel about your money correctly, beginning with God is my treasure. Okay? And since God is the one who takes care of me, giving God 10% doesn't really, it's not that big of a deal if God is really the one that you're trusting to take care of you. You understand? So listen to this. Barnard's a research group says 17% of American adults claim to tithe, but only six actually do. Only 12% of believers in general tithe, and, uh, uh, and 23% of the church gave nothing in the year 2000. Okay, Christians gave 2% per capita, and in the Great Depression, they gave actually 3.3% in the year 2000. But here's, here are the facts. Okay, this is, this is some pretty recent stats. 247 million U.S. citizens claim to be Christian, yet up to 99 million, uh, up to 99 million say they go to church, yet only 1.5 million tithe. Okay? Individuals, and here's the crazy thing. Individuals with a salary of less than $20,000 are eight times more likely to give than someone who makes $75,000. Eight out of 10 tithers have zero credit card debt because one thing rolls with the other. Okay? But I want to talk about this one right here. Individuals with a salary of less than 20K are eight times more likely to give than someone who makes uh, 75K. So there's, a, there's like a joke that I think is, you have to do it. There must be a, a rule book someplace that, um, that a pastor, if he preaches on giving, he has to say this kind of little joke here. So there was a guy who was talking to a friend of his, and uh, he was making $15,000 a month. And he's making $15,000 a month, and he says to his friend, man, tithing off of $15,000 a month is so hard. So his friend said, man, you want me to pray for you? He said, yes. He said, okay, let's pray. He says, Lord, help him to make $150 a month so it'll be easy for him to tithe. <laughs> because we forget who the source is of our treasure. And this happens even in the church. And we forget that God gives us overflow, yes, for our families. Of course, for our families, yes. He does that, but also so that we could be a blessing. 
Here's what this, this is. I want to visualize this for you real quickly. Here's what God is saying, okay? You can have your own skinny hundred, or you could have a real fat 90. <laughs> Plain and simple. The next time you get your paycheck, think, skinny hundred, you're on your own, fat 90. Come on, we want the fat 90. How many would say amen? Listen, there's a young man in our church. He's a businessman, and um, they were, they were, um, I heard the story actually this past week, how um, he came to our church about three years ago, got saved, and then started coming to our church. And when he came to our church, he was flat, busted, broke. And he said, you know what, Lord, I'm just going to do this thing your way. And, you know, if I could speak for him, he said, God, I'm going to take your word. I'm going to take your advice on how to live. So he, he got baptized. The Bible says get baptized, got baptized. He, he, he became a member. He learned about tithing, immediately started tithing. He was as broke as all get out. Three years later, three years later, right now, he has so much blessing upon his business. He owns his own home. He's got this. He's got that. He's, his business is on fire. And when you talk to him, unlike talking to other people, he in his mind, what he thinks, what he feels is, look, I know what it is to be flat, busted, broke, and I know what it is to start honoring God. And I started honoring God, and I am experiencing the overflow, and the overflow is way better than being on your own. You see? Now look at this. In history, there were a number of people People don't know this, but in history, there were a number of people, okay, that began to tithe when they were poor, okay? Look, the founder of Quaker Oats tithed when he was, when he was uh, very poor. William Colgate, founder of Colgate, I think he's got a little bit of corn stashed away. What do you think? <laughs> right? Procter & Gamble, J.C. Penney, uh, Kraft Cheese. Think about all that cheese we eat. <laughs> Think about all those Velveeta slices we've eaten. <laughs> right? John D. Rockefeller, okay, began tithing when he was just a really young, young man and he was poor. Look at this very quickly, speaking of Rockefeller. Here's, this is directly from his, from his story. My first wages amounted to $1.50 per week. The first week after I went home, I went to work. I took the $1.50 home to my mother, and she held the money in her lap and explained to me that she would be happy if I would give a tenth to the Lord. I did, and from that week until this day, I have tithed every dollar God has entrusted to me. We're talking about how you should think and feel about your money, okay? So he saw it as God trusting this into his hands. And I want to say, if I had not tithed the first dollar I made, I would not have tithed the first million dollars I made. 
okay? When he died in 1937, his assets equaled 1.5 of America's total economic output. You know why? And listen, look, please, please get your children tithing. Get them tithing. Pastor Matt was telling me, Pastor Matt was telling me that, you know, the kids are old enough now. Uh, Justice and and Anna are old enough. They they do chores or whatever. And so they they get a little money and, and, um, and there, if you need some money, you can borrow some money from Justice because he's, he's loaded. And, um, but here's the thing. They've learned from day one, okay. And here's a, look, I've spoken to a lot of very successful, very wealthy Christian people, okay. And um, almost, almost all of them, not all of them, but almost all of them uh, uh, well, all of them tithe. The, the really wealthy ones that I know, they all say, man, I, first thing they say, I tithe. But, I'm, uh, but here's what a lot of them said. When I was young, I learned to tithe. My parents taught me. You know, I come across all the time. So he was saying the other day, the kids, they've been saving up their money. So they decided, I want to go out and buy some stuff. And they came home with a bunch of stuff. Pastor Matt was looking and saying, man, you guys, you know, that's a, what is this, Christmas? But the Lord said, Shh. they earned it. They've honored me. And now they experience overflow. You see? Let them put their trust in my power to bring about overflow. Teach them every 10 cents, give God a penny. Every dollar, give God 10 cents. And you know what? When they become adults, they won't feel tight in their chest like some of us do. You know why? Because they'll be walking in overflow. You know, University of Chicago was essentially founded by John D. Rockefeller. Their chapel, that was supposed to be basically a Bible school. You know, their chapel was built by John D. Rockefeller's money. You see, his overflow helped to raise up that incredible institution of learning. This is very, very important stuff for us to really understand the power of giving to God. Take the Lord's advice. I used to be such a chicken. I was a coward preaching about this. And the Lord opened my eyes one day and I actually repented. You know, we're in this building. I repented to this congregation. I said, I haven't taught you this. I studied it. I haven't taught you this correctly. And I repented and I said, forgive me. And this was about seven or eight years ago. I repented to the congregation. I haven't taught you well about finances. And I started to teach better on this. And you guys know we preach about this just a couple times a year when the Lord leads us to those verses and those texts in the Bible. But let me tell you something. We got in this building because seven or eight years ago, I started to really teach about this, about the kingdom of God coming. And our giving jumped. It jumped 20 or 30%. And that 20 or 30% made the difference to actually get us the down payment, to actually get us into this building because the people started to give to God. And when they started to give to God, God began to give overflow and the overflow brought what brought us right into this place now listen 
our church, we're probably about 10 or 15%, depends on what, who's talking about the national average. The truth of the matter is, is everything around here is paid for by about 30% of the people who are givers. I don't know who they are, but I'm telling you right now, about 30% of the people of this church actually pay for most. It doesn't mean that there are people who kind of give a little bit, but, but I don't know how they even figure this out, but, but I know that there's a way to figure it out. But could you imagine, could you imagine if everyone gave to God the way God says give to me? Not only would they be blessed with the overflow, but what about the body of Christ? What about the kingdom? How many know the Beyond Project would be halfway finished already? That building would be, there would be beams up there and floors, and this would be, it would be over, it was practically done. You see, we would be thinking about where else we're going. We are responsible from the cradle to college. Those are God babies, and God's babies are in the elementary schools around this neighborhood. Okay, from the cradle to college. Let me just say this, and then we're going to make the, 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 I'll kind of finish this up. It turns out, Barna Research says, that if all Christians gave 10%, churches would have $165 billion to distribute into this country. In other words, the overflow of the kingdom should address the shortfall of the world. You see? The overflow of the kingdom of God should meet the shortfall. We should be, we should be the, 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 uh, the institution that helps to meet the needs. God says, look, leave for the stranger and the alien. We should be, they should be looking to us. You know, there would be a lot more Christians if we were taking care of them, wouldn't there be? Which brings me to the last point, very, very important. We're supposed to honor God for the provision, with the provision. And lastly, we're supposed to honor God through the provision. So we need to not only stay dependent, but now we need to be responsible. Okay, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. What is all of that overflow for? What is it? So we could just indulge ourselves? No. We have to respect the resources that God gives us. You saw what Rockefeller said? He said, God entrusted me with that money. Look at what it says in uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, it says, And God is able to bless you abundantly so that, everyone say, so that. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good personal endeavor. No, in every good work for the glory, for the kingdom of God, so that you will abound in the work. Everyone say that you is me. So that you will abound. How many opportunities will you and I have just in this coming week to give to someone, to bless someone? from our overflow, not from our tithe, by the way, it's from the overflow. The tithe belongs to the Lord. So here's what this means. It's that now we're supposed to be responsible. We're supposed to be responsible with our income.
We're supposed to honor and respect the resources God has given us. Could you put up the next slide and this, we're just about done. Respect the resources he gives you through wise stewardship. So here's the way it happens. Okay, before I read this, listen, God blesses you, gives you, you start to tithe, he gives you some overflow, and then God gives you this overflow, and then he watches what you do with your money. You see? Some people say, man, you know, I make, like, a, I've, this is one of those standard pastor jokes when it comes to tithing, um, and I have to use it. <laughs> so a guy said, you know what, I make... I make, uh, uh, make $15,000 a month, and it's hard for me to tithe. That's a lot of money. He says, you want me to pray for you? Yes, his friend says, yeah. He said, Lord, help him to make $150 a month so it'll be easy again. Amen. Come on, guys. You see? And so we have to be responsible. Some people get more money and then they get selfish again. No. Stay a good steward. What does that mean? Number one, get a budget. If you don't know what you're doing with your money, it just, it just leaks. How many have found that to be true? Get a budget. Number two, get out of debt. The servant, the, the, the debtor is a servant, a slave to the lender. Okay, those credit cards may help your credit, but you're not supposed to be in debt. Okay, use them for the points, but pay them at the end of the month. Okay, save. Most guys, as I was mentioned, they say save, give 10%, save 10%, live off of 80%. You will, you'll be all set up when you get when you arrive at that place. That's what we should teach our kids. Give offerings and be generous. The, the tithe belongs to the Lord. The offering is what you give after you tithe. The Beyond Project, we're giving offerings to God. And if you really want to experience incredible blessing, it's get into the offering realm. Then lastly, don't spend your resources on dishonorable things or practices because God's not going to bless you so that you could ruin and destroy yourself or your family. He's not going to do that. So listen, we were singing, we were singing, uh, uh, I'm sorry? Not for a minute. Yeah, could you guys help us for a second? I, was, I just heard that song. So good. Listen, not for a minute does he let us down. But God keeps a lot of people afloat. And people want the overflow. If you want the overflow, you got to take his advice. Take his advice. He says, test me. But, and by the way, test me means to test him, not you give one tithe check for the year. And then say, what are you talking about? Where's my 17 promotions? It's not like that. We have all those stories, but it's not like that. The way it is, is it all begins with, God, you're my treasure. You're my treasure. You're my treasure. Could you put those words up on the wall? No more slides. Oh, Jesus. Can I tell you, as we go to close, man, I, I was, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you, young people, young man, young woman. 
Listen, you know, take God's advice for your life. You won't regret it. You won't, when you take God's advice, you don't wake up empty. You don't wake up with regret. You don't wake up looking back and looking over your shoulder. You wake up with overflow. It might be different. It might take a little time, but I'm telling you right now, take God's advice. Not just in this one, but in all of them. We've got one more message in this series. I will say this. I have found, and this is just a personal testimony, I found that when I started to give to God with my money, it became easier to give to God and to believe God in all other areas. In other words, it was like a release because, because money is so true to life. It's so true to where we live. It's like, I trust you, I trust you, but I'm just going to hold on to this, Lord. No. I found that when I started to give to God, it just set my heart free. Because it's like, Lord, you're in charge of my everything, God. Let's lift up our hands to him. Not for a minute was I forsaken. Hallelujah, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Help us, help us to cross over. Help 
help us to cross over and to make you, Lord, our treasure, God, our provider, Lord. Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Lord. Let it begin, oh God, and help us, God, to take steps of faith, Lord God, to begin to honor you, Lord God, with our resources, with our income. God, we pray that not only would we be blessed today, but our tomorrows, our children, and our children's children, that they would experience the blessings of overflow. Do it by your mighty power. Help us, God. And now, listen, take someone's hand. Here's how we're going to close. We're going to say, Lord, use our overflow to impact the city of Chicago. Use our overflow. Use our overflow, Lord, to impact the Beyond Project, oh God. And not just here, God. God, on the south side and the, the west side, oh God. Come on, use our overflow, God. God, we offer ourselves as a congregation, as a church. Jesus and everyone said, come on. 